0: We don't beta anything. We just (laughs) go and do it. And (laughs) I I love the fact that we're willing to share this out and say, this is what I'm planning. Knowing full well in six months time, we're going to listen to this podcast back and go, oh my God, what was I (laughs) even? Oh my goodness, that was ridiculous.
1: This week, we're talking about the ins and outs of using paid memberships on some of the platforms, the perks, the pitfalls, what we like about them what we don't like about them. And the memberships we're involved in. Let's get into it.
2: So do any, any of you have um, uh, memberships? Yes. I
0: have I have a membership that I've been running since about, uh, I started beta-ing, beta-ing it in May of 2020, and it's been going ever since. And I am constantly thinking of ways to iterate and change it and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to even start getting into it until we know what avenue we're going to go down. Like, what did you think about starting it or anything like that? So I'll just pause and see if anybody else wants to chime in on who's got a membership.
1: I'm a member of plenty, but I, I do not have a membership.
0: And you have strong opinions about them.
1: I do not. No, I like memberships. I like a few, a few I don't. I mean, it's, they're not that strong. You like what you like and you don't like what you don't like.
3: I'm a member of a few, and, uh, but I did set up memberships. Actually, it was one of the first things I set up for my channel even before I'd really launched it when uh, I found out about Buy Me A Coffee from Doc Rock, and it was a case of you definitely need to get this set up from the outset. If you're even thinking about monetization, don't think you've got to wait for YouTube. And so I set up Buy Me A Coffee and then one of the things you could do on there was set up uh, different membership levels. So that was kind of like my first avenue into it. And I was really surprised how quickly people did actually sign up to that. And I had sort of three different levels of uh, support there. But then since I've started being a lot more sort of proactive about building a real sort of community, thank you, Keeley, (laughs) on uh, Discord, um, then that's sort of been a much bigger focus and I've made it a much bigger thing. And then when the memberships got opened up on uh, YouTube to my channel, then I've basically just duplicated what I've got on Buy Me A Coffee. Although I I sort of, I moved Buy Me A Coffee in line with what I set up on uh, uh, YouTube is probably more accurate. Um, so people can join on one or the other because with Buy Me a Coffee there isn't YouTube taking a massive cut of it, um, but they they get the same benefit. There's there's the ease of use of memberships on YouTube. So while some people sort of bulk out and thinking, oh well, YouTube's taking a bigger cut, uh, they are. But on the other hand, you know, as soon as I opened them up on YouTube, then there was people who just instantly signed up who obviously hadn't gone and done it on Buy Me a Coffee because of them having to go through, jump through hoops to get to it. So that's that's where I'm at with it. But I'm looking to grow my whole membership side of stuff as well
1: on youtube you don't have access to their email or do you know who they are who people are who members are
3: uh you know who they are in terms of the um uh their their youtube handle so you've got that okay yeah so you do you do know that it doesn't give you personal information in the same way that you do on buy me a coffee where you do know that that kind of stuff but
1: but do you have any way to communicate with them directly without going through your community tab or broadcasting to the world
3: uh, no, it, you don't have like contact details that you can send them private messages, okay. but you can okay. post stuff that is members only. Right. So, I, I uh, hope they see it, but you know. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you said, I want
1: everybody, we're going to have a thing in discord on Thursday. I mm-hmm. mean, you got to post it there to, for them to see it. So that's, the,
3: yeah, there is money. also that when, when they join up with, um, uh, YouTube, then there is a link in with discord to a point where it automatically grants roles. So that's my whole thinking is I oh. don't want to just drive people there. Um, so they get roles automatically. The only slight caveat with that is they have to have done a little bit of work in Discord themselves to go and actually go into their personal profile and then link that to their YouTube profile. Uh, and then any memberships, their roles will just a- automatically get assigned to them. So uh, many people have done that, but a couple hadn't. So when they signed up, they didn't automatically get the permissions in in, uh, in Discord. But other than that, yeah, it, you know, people sign up for the backstage pass thing that I've got, then they instantly get access to that area of Discord.
1: So YouTube gets that and your buy me a coffee gets that right. Both levels. Yeah. I mean, yeah. both, both yeah. places. Okay. You don't have to be in both yeah. and being in both didn't get you anything else. You just get, no, one. no, either, either I just made the it. Other. Okay.
3: It the choice, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome.
2: In the very beginning, um, I, 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 I started with Patreon a long time ago and I had like three different levels and it was, you know, nominal. The fee was nominal. And, it started like with $3 and $5 and then, uh, and like $9 or something like that. And I, I'm a part of quite a few of these Patreon memberships where you could do, you know, members only stuff and, um, Uh, different like videos, whatever, you know, blog posts, whatever. And uh, I set it up. I didn't really do anything with it. And then I guess something changed with the API and then it disappeared. Uh, Or they changed it to where it was now a paid service. Because before I just went ahead and I set everything up and I had everything. I I did all the graphics, everything. And then something changed. And so I was like, okay, I have it on my on, on my YouTube channel that there is a Patreon that goes with my YouTube channel, but for whatever reason, it just changed. And so I just took it off. Um, Mm -hmm. I I did it with buy me a coffee and I actually had, you know, people in that membership, which was nice, you know, for a second, but I was so, I felt like I was like stretched out so thin that I didn't really have a strategy as to how, what I was going to place in different areas and how I was going to drive traffic. I didn't really have a strategy. I just heard you got you to get a membership, got to get a membership. So I, I did it. And I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> Without yeah. a strategy. So th- that's not a good look. It wasn't a good look for me. So I, I really need to really think about how I want to maximize the membership side of, it, of things and then figure out, first of all, where I want them to go if i want them to hang out in the discord then that's one thing so the membership needs to be there if i want them to hang out on patreon that's a different thing so why would i want to do that you know so i really have to think through that piece i don't know maybe i might be doing too much but you know i've been accused um correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't patreon and youtube take a big chunk of your
1: of your uh membership fee mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, YouTube does. It, I don't know, is it 30% or something like that? It's like a, a really hefty chunk. But yeah. it is the fact that it is accessible. Somebody, You can tell somebody in a video, click to join the membership, and then they can click below to do it. And so there's One a balance point. between, yeah, the the accessibility of it versus the, you know, the hit that you're taking for that. Because I've, I've been talking about my uh, Buy Me A Coffee and Buy Me A Coffee membership since I started as well. But the day that I turned on, YouTube memberships, I got more people sign up there than I'd had on the other, you know, on, on Buy Me A Coffee. Not like I've got massive numbers in either place, but do you know what I mean? It was just noticeable that right. as soon as I just mentioned that I've got them available on YouTube, people were just hitting the button to join. So it's it's just that ease of use for people, I think. Yeah. There's another point there, though, about the different sort of tiers. And like some people will use the uh, YouTube for the really low level tiers which are um you know like a a dollar a month or whatever it happens to be uh you know between one and five or ten dollars a month because that's the one that these people are more likely to make these sort of almost not quite impulse but you know what i mean those ones where they just want to be able to get instant access Um, whereas the much higher level tiers are ones where yeah if somebody's really interested in paying you know 50 a 100 dollars a month for a membership then they're probably more likely to go through the the steps necessary to get to it anyway. So uh, that's something else I've been thinking about: is where do I draw the line between the YouTube tiers versus the the sort of paid uh, the the um, you know other other tiers that I'm thinking of adding into this later?
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good point, and I think Rich has brought up a, a, an issue that I think is really important for all of us to be thinking about when we are looking at membership switches. There's a difference between a sort of more platform agnostic style of membership, like what I have on my website. It's centered there and it's a WordPress website. And the reason I started with that initially was that my vision for membership was I was going to provide this resource of umpiring clips. This is all for FH umpires and people would be accessing them there because I can I made this custom post type in WordPress, blah, 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 blah. Everything was controlled there. And I was gathering people's data, obviously, because they would sign up with a WordPress profile and all that sort of thing. Then there was a hook into MailChimp. So I had them instantly going into my uh, email campaign and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of friction there, but there's a real driven need People can only get the clips if they go to my website. So signing up for the membership there makes sense. The thing that I find interesting about say a YouTube membership or buy me a coffee or something like that is that if you're not providing a benefit of that membership in that situation, why, why do you have a membership on that platform? Because you're, you're really disconnecting what the community members experiences from the thing that they, they pay in order to get to that community. And so it's, it's a really interesting sort of problem. And Michelle, you said, yes, I think that, you know, you should have, you got to figure out where you want your members all to be congregating anyway. And to me, that's the, that's the central, the most important question. Where do you want your people to be? Where are you going to be providing them their membership experience, which for a lot of us might be mentoring services or special, you know, training or community, um, building cuckalongs or whatever that might be where are you going to do that that's where your membership should be that's where it should be paid that's where your people should be entering and all that sort of thing I think because that's that's the stickability experience for them does that make sense
3: yeah the, the reason why I went with buy me a coffee first is because that was that, that You know, I didn't have anything on, on YouTube at that time. I wasn't aware of Discord or anything. But also, there's, this is coming back to that thing about what they're actually getting on those tiers. So one of my tiers is basically just this is a tier to support me on a monthly basis, like as a, you know, someone to support a Creator, you know, so on the, on YouTube it's called Tip Jar, and in, the benefit is on YouTube specifically. You know, they will show up as a member in chat, so that's one thing that some people like. I mean, I've got somebody who was a member in Buy Me a Coffee, and then when I launched on YouTube the memberships, uh, they actually went on there as well, so they're in both places, even though they've got no added benefit except that I don't know whether they were just whether they just were very generous and wanted to support in two places, or whether it was because they wanted that little check mark next to the name in YouTube. But one of the levels was literally just. A membership that is just to, to you know to support a you know a, a creator i suppose the same way that i support some others um but then the another level was for my they get my digital download so any new icon packs and things like that that i make um so when i first set it up there wasn't really actually um it was memberships but there wasn't really a huge community aspect to it Um so it was a case of if i made a new stream deck icon pack they'd get that um it's only now that i'm doing more with the sort of discord uh stuff with the backstage pass membership level where you know there's that, that kind of thing going on that it's in discord but there again um there are some people who still are not t- totally turned on to discord and i thought about actually turning on memberships in discord as well offering it as well in there just as you know the same as i've got on youtube um but again it comes back to this sort of accessibility and ease of use if somebody's there watching you on youtube i mean one of the benefits is that, you know, the stuff that I'm doing on YouTube, I suppose, but it's that ease of use of people just being able to click it on that platform right there and then and get access to it. Whereas, you know, mentorships and coaching and stuff like that, that'll be adding later. Um, Yeah, I'm going to have to think about how to actually integrate that and and where to do that, whether that's paid through Discord or some other avenue. In fact, my my memberships is probably going to be paid through Kajabi because they're going to get access to a lot of my course content, which is all hosted there. So uh, that's probably how I would do my higher tiers would be on, on Kajabi then.
0: Yeah. I I I think the kind of sticky point that we get into, though, is that we're using some terms interchangeably that maybe we don't all attach the same meaning to. So mm-hmm. to me, there's patronage, there's subscriptions, and there's membership. So when we're talking membership, that specifically, to me, connotes a sense of community, that you're connecting with people that who are also members, not just that you are a subscriber, where you are regularly getting a, something that is disconnected from other people. Like you subscribe to a podcast, you just get that podcast in your feed all the time. That's that patronage is I give you money with no expectation of getting any, anything in return. You know, so those, those to me are three very different concepts and maybe that's just me, but it it helps understand that because you can start with a patronage and then you can move it to a subscription or you could start with a subscription and then something like that. And when you start generating community, that's when you get into the membership part where people are interacting with each other, not just you to the person. It's the, the network is bigger than that. If that.
3: That, that makes total sense is the, 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 the issue with those different definitions is that um, subscriptions. I mean, we're talking about this in one of our, Other sessions, not other podcasts, where some people don't hit the subscribe button on YouTube because they think that that means they're paying for something, whereas (laughs) whereas they're not actually. Uh, And then with YouTube, they class anything where people are donating through the thing through the platform as memberships so apart from you know one-off super chats and all that kind of stuff but um yeah youtube doesn't make that distinction either it is you know what the different tiers that you've got of youtube memberships could just be that they're getting you know that fuzzy feeling knowing they're supporting you as one of the levels which is what my tip jar one is so um but that's a great distinction though the difference between patronage and, and membership and that's certainly how my view has sort of shifted since setting up the, the discord community
2: that's interesting because um, I, I mean, I, I watch quite a few content creators who actually have Patreon memberships. I haven't pulled the trigger on a lot of them because I have a lot of stuff going out right now for my personal business. But at the same time, you know, I kind of want to uh, funnel hack it, you know, just kind of get in there and see what it's all about. Um basically just kind of looking at what they're doing and figuring out, you know, how I could then, you know, figure out what my use case would be for it. I want to have a membership, but my biggest question to like what you were saying, Keely, is why and where it needs to be. I think that that's the number one question that needs to be answered to figure out a why, what are they going to get for it, and then where. Where does it need to be, and then build from there instead of just following you know following everyone and like, oh well you need to do this you need to do that and I'm like no, no, I don't think so,
4: yeah, so I'm trying to figure out what I would what what they would get would it be just a patronage like like you have divine, defined where they would get nothing in return expect nothing in return um, and I think there's something Beyond that, I think I want to be able to offer something. I just don't know what yet. Um, The live streams are not necessarily growing the channel. So maybe maybe what I do is I put those behind the member wall. The thing is, is you don't get people to be able to see how fun those are if they're not yet members. I've also been wondering.
1: You could also, you could post clips of those five minute clips or, or whatever, or, you know, a distilled yeah. version of the live.
4: Right. Um, so the repurposed whatever. part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's stuff that I love doing.
1: <laughs> it's gotta be done. Yeah.
3: I, I do think that the, the, the thing about doing a live stream though, with the recorded video, I know there's the concept of putting that behind the, the the paywall as it were, but I think that there is value in having that alongside the recorded content as well and i wonder if it's just a case of having the the time of or rather the, the the volume of recorded video at the same time as the 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 live video i mean that's the whole reason why i did that sort of my first 100 days 100 videos thing just so that because uh, of because of what doc said about you know don't even bother looking at the analytics until you've done those first 100 so it could be a case of you know not sort of overthinking it before it's um before you've got the volume there to sort of make any reasonable Sort of judgment on that that aspect. I mean, that's going off the community side of stuff. But um, I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be too quick to necessarily put the live streams behind um, the membership. Okay, maybe maybe some enhancement to that, or maybe additional ones, or you know, for the, the people who want to who really like them. I mean it's say, say for example it's like every other Thursday but then or, or whenever it is this first and third <laughs> Thursday but maybe there's one on the, the second and fourth or whatever it happens to be um that is for the members. So that that people can come in and get a taste of it and think I want more and then they have to you know pay for the the extra one. I mean people do that with podcasts, don't they, where they you can have a membership to the podcast and you get the regular version plus you also get the bonus members one. So uh, I I wouldn't necessarily Uh, rush to hide away that live stream because i think it's awesome and it's just gotta be given the time to get out there
4: true you know uh one of the i'm only at 93 right now
1: one of the live streamers in our in our world does a a live stream on fridays and the second half of it is members only so you can't ask a question you can't do anything unless you're a member of that channel Mm -hmm. (laughs) youtube member of that channel so it's kind of right kind of a new way to do it yeah that is
3: cool
0: yeah, and, and that is good because there is a benefit to being a member in the place where the membership is being mm-hmm. paid for and served. Yeah. And then that creates that environment in that place. All these exclusive people getting, you know, having FOMO or getting in with their friends and being able to have these this amazing access to this creator. Like that, that to me makes a lot of sense. Um I I think right now we're in this incredible phase where people have been spitting out the C word, the community word over and over again for the last sort of six, 12 months. And every single platform is rolling out memberships. Instagram's rolling out memberships. Um, Who who else recently? Somebody else big just said. Twitter's got a
1: subscriber thing. Twitter's got some kind of subscriber button they're about to roll out.
0: Absolutely. Every single platform is going to have this and it's going to be really tough i think for creators like us who want to do so many different things and are getting lots of advice like try this try this try this it's like okay where do we actually what is our business model what we're going to provide to people that's special where is that extra value so for example being able to bring people into my discord and then answering their questions specifically faster because they're part of my group, providing my mentoring in there, all that kind of thing. It makes sense that that is a place where the memberships happen because that's the product that I'm providing or the service that I'm providing. But for other people, it's going to be different. If if live streaming is their main value, their main service to people and that's what they're going to make exclusive. Yeah. YouTube membership or Twitter subscription. if, Having access to private Twitter spaces is the thing or whatever.
3: Is there, is there a slightly different way of thinking about this, where we could almost look at the the platforms that are offering the memberships as payment gateways, just in the same way as you set accept American Express, Visa, MasterCard, and all that sort of stuff. I'm thinking if we get memberships on Twitter and Instagram and all those sort of places, why not turn them on if one of the things that you can do is give them access to a specific area of the server? So if they're comfortable joining memberships on those platforms... Um, that might be just where they found you. And so they can come in. I mean, I did actually set up a Patreon when Twitter turned on that thing for me, because you, you can link it to Patreon. So I did set it up there. I don't really have a big Twitter following. I don't really do stuff on there as much as I should be doing. But I did turn it on. Um, and so perhaps we should look at it that if, if somebody's willing to pay you for a membership through a particular platform, but you're giving them access to all your stuff on Discord and all the communication you're having with them is sending them through to Discord, it doesn't really matter where they pay you if they're getting access to that core offering on, on Discord.
2: I'd like to flip that on its head from the Patreon's standpoint. So have, you, have any of you ever thought about the onboarding process from the Patreon's Standpoint. Let's say for Patreon member, subscriber, whatever, you know, call it, you know, nomenclature is a thing, right? What would you have? Have any of you really thought through what that would be like? So person subscribes to or buys membership X from you. What is that experience like? Have you have any of you like charted like, OK, well, within 24 hours, they'll get this. Uh, the next thing will happen would be this. Have any of you charted that kind of thing as an onboarding thing for that for that person, you know, walk a mile in that person's shoes? I mean, as a creator, I know we're talking because we're all creators here. We're talking about what it looks like from our side of things. But I just I just wanted to flip it on its head just a little bit to say, OK, well, I am the customer now. I'm you know, what do I get when I sign up for Alec, when I sign up for your thingy, talk me through that process. What happens there? And is it something that's going to be worth my time? You know, I, I'm just curious if have any of you thought about it?
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's yeah. get them over to Discord. Welcome to the community as a member and they get access to the members area. And then the perks are all there and all that kind of stuff is there. So that's that's my onboarding is get them to Discord and onboard them there. Um And then whatever they get automatically you know like on youtube they automatically get their little membership badge and all that kind of thing that they get on the youtube the way that that's set up but yeah it's to get them into into discord and do it all there regardless of the platform
0: yeah and for me i have an email chain that goes out so on day one they get this email saying hi welcome great to have you you know the wordpress site here's where the clip library is. And I've got a little video that explains how to get to the clip library and and how to do searches. And then the next day they get another email explaining what discounts they get. And then the next day they get an email saying, all right, now to participate in the community stuff, we go to discord. So this is where discord is. This is how to set up. Here's a video that discord for creators, Keeley Dunn, has made to introduce you into discord and blah, blah, blah. So I have a sequence like that, that really helps. And it, what interests me about your question, Michelle, was the same thing I was thinking about when Alec was saying that you know maybe we should be treating these platforms as payment gateways. That's exactly what they want. Elon Musk wants to turn Twitter into a payment gateway, the same that we the, the way that WeChat is in China. Okay, and he's built those before. He knows how to do it. So he's probably that's one of the big value propositions for him in buying Twitter was. Is that the way that we as consumers, as the end users look at these platforms? We already are like LinkedIn's for CVs, Twitter's for arguing about politics, Instagram's for looking at pretty pictures and now lots of pretty videos. Uh, YouTube is for learning. So we have these conceptions in our mind already about that sort of thing. I wanna use the platform's characteristic as the advantage. Discord is a place where people go to talk to each other and in real time and go to talk to each other. And that's the experience I want to provide to my members. So that's why my community is there. And it just makes a lot of sense for me. So I think I, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying Alec, but I also think maybe people are going to be a little more stubborn than that.
4: I feel like Alec might be onto something though. Um, Alec. Can you give somebody that special icon that they have in chat um, manually? Meaning if I pay to get in from your Twitter, if, yep. if I use Twitter as the gateway, can you give me that same benefit on YouTube manually?
3: Not on YouTube, no. And that's where I'm seeing no. that my core community is Discord, but I'm just making it accessible right. to people right. on all those other platforms who maybe are not yet sold on Discord. And I might not actually get them over to Discord like immediately. I mean, there's some people who are YouTube members that are not necessarily active on Discord so much. So I'm still giving them the opportunity to join, but then trying to show the benefit of that in in Discord.
4: Understood. Yeah, I was just trying to think of how you could have a level playing field, no matter where you came in from. You see, you would have all the same benefits across the board.
3: Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't gift. Sort of memberships, which would be the way you'd have to do on YouTube, was to be to say, okay, this is a member. I want to sort of gift them that that membership. So yeah, they're not they're not there yet.
0: The platforms right. are like, no, we want you to be giving your membership benefits on our platform, keeping people on the platform, paying on the platform. Stay here, don't go somewhere else. They don't want this interoperability to a large extent, and. I hate to say it, but one of the things I do like about Discord is the API, the way that it is easier to integrate into all kinds of other places so that it's not quite as as closed off and selfish. But that's the war we're in right now. There is a turf war going on, and we're just kind of going, oh, memberships. And, it, you know, I'm not saying that we can't try things and move things around and and figure out what works for us, but we do have to be a little strategic and understand what the consequences of those decisions are
3: just getting away from sort of platforms for a minute then like when it comes to actual memberships and you know the different tiers how how's everyone sort of thinking about that and what experience have you had with other platforms as well because that's been something that's been on my mind is how to actually price these different tiers and the, the benefits they get at different levels one of the things i'm looking to do is like create a thing where people get access to my courses at a particular membership level so that then becomes basically the a subscription to all of my all of my courses rather than people having to pay uh, sort of one-off. So, in you know, this conversation, was born a little bit out of uh, out of that. And what's been your experience of of that that sort of stuff and, and pricing of maybe other memberships you've been a member of?
1: I'm in two uh, YouTube creator groups that are, have five dollars a month memberships, and they give tons of value for that five dollars. I've signed up for another YouTube creator that gave crappy value, and he was his regular price was fifty dollars a month. So you know, it's all over the place. Um in my industry specifically, there are two guys that call themselves coaches and they sell a package that's about 3500 a year and you pay for it monthly, but if you sign up, you're committed to the year. You will be you will pay for 12 months whether you want to stay in it or not. And no refunds, and I just thought that's I don't think it's a way to, good way to go. But that's it's a niche thing, so And all you get for that is two Zoom calls with those guys, two Zoom calls a month with however many people are in the group, 10 10 people or eight people or whatever. That's a lot of money.
2: I've been with um, multiple uh, groups similar to that. Uh, This particular one is genius, the way she's done it. So she has a free group. And I've done this with a couple of different um, uh, mentors, with actually – Two mentors specifically. So the first group is the free group where there's lots of value, you know, basically just kind of skimming the surface. Talk about uh, different things that you can do with whatever platform that they're working with or what have you. Then there's a mid-level group. And... When I was thinking about what I wanted to do, I kind of mirrored what I wanted based on this information. However, my why was a little bit different. How, but anyway, so there's a free group where they tell you all the things, but they don't tell you the how. There's the mid-level group where they give you a little bit of a deeper dive into it, but they still don't really tell you the how. The one that they really want you to get into is the high ticket group, and the high ticket group is where you get access to all the different things. You get access to the Zoom call, you get ex- get access to the coach uh, on a monthly basis, uh, a weekly basis, depending on what it is. You know the way the way it's all set up. Their tiers, so you know you can get like weekly uh, weekly calls monthly calls with the person that you're paying the money for. Right. And then, um, and then you have the, how is in there. And a lot of times it's so much that you will want to pay even more so that you can get one-on-one like with that person. So it's genius and it works Seven figure, seven, eight figure business. This works. I've seen it work. I I remember when this particular coach was just starting out and now she's on the circuit, she's doing all the things. And so mm. I'm like, genius. So I kind of like set my intention to be something similar to that. However, I wanted to create in my way, a similar situation only on a different level. So, and that's where that, that's where my, my struggle with social proof keeps coming in because, because I'm like, okay, well, every, every coach will tell you, you know, high ticket is the way to go. You got to go high ticket. You got to go high ticket. But I have, I have intrinsic problems with some of that when, you know, I, I, you know, and I know I could, I need to get over myself. However, I have to be comfortable with what it is that I'm doing. So I've seen it work. And and then I, I had an, another coach where, you know, there was a free group and then not a mid-level group, but maybe not a high ticket. But, you know, it's like a thousand dollars a month where you get one on one with this person and, you know, good coaching, all this other kind of stuff. I was able to really hone in on what I'm doing, working with both of those coaches and it was phenomenal. And I was able to actually really put a lot of um, a, a lot of work into what I'm doing, doing that one-on-one work. But it's still a membership at the very base level. And what you're paying for is access to the creator and access to the coaching or access to the tools or the how. That's what you're paying for. And so... I think that's a, a, a strategic thing that we all kind of need to t- think about. You know, if that's something that you'd want to even develop in what you're doing, you know, how are you, how are you structuring this? What is your system for this? Um, and then also too, do you agree with that? Is is that you know? I, I kind of have like intrinsic problems with some of it, but at the same time, I'm like, it's working. It definitely works. I mean, these people have seven figure businesses based on this, and I know it works. So I don't know.
3: I think with that, it's a case of just as this exactly the same as a sales funnel is making sure that you're giving value at every step of the way so that whatever people are paying, that they are getting true value for that. And you you know, ideally exceeding their expectations for what they're getting for that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, giving different levels of access to people, um, as long as they're getting good information at whatever level that they're at. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that that specific thing about, you know, giving just basically giving people, explaining the problem to people and that's all they're getting, you know, they're not really getting any solution at those lower levels. I wouldn't agree with that. I would think that there should definitely be something of value that's like an actual, they're getting things solved (laughs) at some point uh, at all of those levels.
2: Well, I mean, they are to some extent, but there's a big chunk that's missing. And that big chunk that's missing gets them to the next group, into the next level. And in that group, you get a little bit more, but there's still a big chunk that's missing until you get to the highest tier, which is where all the value is is shared. And it's so much, it's like drinking water from a fire hose. It's like, whoa. Wow.
3: It, it's just as, again, like as long as that's all laid out and people aren't being sold that you've got to get to the next level to find out what you need. And then they get to that when it's like, oh, there's one more level. There's, and there's always one more level. That kind of stuff's really shady. But as long as they are, um, yeah, as long as they're getting value at every level, then, I mean, what, what I was thinking about with my memberships is, Uh, you know there's one that is just the sort of patronage there's another one where they get access to all my icon packs so it's almost like it's almost been acting like a subscription to those whenever i make any new ones um but then there is the one where they get the backstage pass but just recently i've been talking about uh giving membership or subscription service basically to my my courses and so how would that fit in then with a uh a membership model, and then would that be part of an existing tier? Would I create a tier in that? Do they get the benefits of the other? And Keely had some, you know, good insights on that in terms of, you know, what benefits you can give your members to your paid products as well. So flipping that on its head. uh So that was a, a really good insight. That I hadn't really thought about. My, my whole thing is that I've got courses that are, you know, hundred plus dollars, four hundred plus dollars, and there will be more that are more than that, and there'll be some that are less than that. Uh, and so if people are seeing all these courses, it can be, you know, a case of well they would maybe like to do all of them, but can't necessarily uh, justify the expense of doing all of them. And, you know, we all know that costs can rack up, whereas if it was on a subscription model that people get access to those uh, on an ongoing basis, to all of the courses, all of the updates and all of that. Um, And what you said, Keely, was that, uh, was to give people who are on your existing memberships, another way of doing this is to say, well, if you're on my existing membership, then you could get like a 50% discount on a course or whatever discount it was. Uh, and I thought that that's another good way of looking at it, that you're still rewarding the people that are members, uh, but they're not then committing to a higher level membership where they may be getting access to a whole load of courses that they don't want. So that's the the other way around to that. So I, I just like that. I, that 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 concept.
2: Another one of our uh, creator friends uh, does something similar and you know kind of like what you're thinking about doing alec and uh you know he he tells you that from up front you know he says, you look, you can get in at i think it's like fifty dollars a month or something like that, and if you get in his course uh into his membership, you could like s- like download stuff or like really put your head down and get some work done and then pop out, you know, so that you're not stuck paying for something over and over and over again and not using it. Um, And I know that that could be a thing because I know many of us have signed up for stuff and haven't even opened it or done anything with it, but yet you're paying for it. And so (laughs) But that's not that's not on the creator. That's on that's on the consumer, whoever bought it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, it's just one of those things where I just want to really try to be ethical about what I do and um and then try to encourage people to really go through and do the thing that, you know, that they paid
3: for.
1: Yeah, Alec, you've sold a few courses that people haven't accessed, right?
3: Almost uh I would say almost fifty percent of people have not really done more than you know five ten percent although i was talking about this with michelle the other day actually we were looking at some some stuff and uh, i went into the analytics of some of the people who seemed like they'd only done a small fraction but actually what had happened is some people had gone in and they might have only done 10 percent of the course but they'd just gone right in and done the advanced 10 percent because that's you know they weren't interested in all the sort of basic intro to it so the numbers did make a little bit more sense but still there is a number of people who just have not touched it and have started at lesson number one gone one two three four the really basic intro stuff and then just not come back to it and it'll show you like when they last logged in how many log logins they've had and uh, and at the other end there are people who just get access and then they binge watch it all and get it all done within a matter of days and there's a few people who have done all of my courses and they've done that on every single one of them so wow it's but yes a bit of a <laughs> different approaches from different people. And I think, with when I do things that are lifetime access, which is what I've always done so far, so basically, you know, they pay and it's, and I'll be updating the, the videos and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think once people have bought something where they think, oh, well, they've got it forever, it sort of removes the incentive necessarily to. To just keep on at it and to and to really get their head down with it. Whereas uh, that was another reason for the subscriptions is thinking about it from the user's point of view, the you know the uh, the students' point of view. If they know that they're paying for it like every month, then perhaps there is more incentive then for people to think. You know, I, mean, I don't mind if people join up, they do it, and then they end their membership. I mean, obviously, ideally, I'm looking for ongoing memberships, but if that's what works for them and gives them access to it, then I'm fine with that. the The benefit to them staying on is that would be when I set this all up would be that there was, there's more courses coming down the line. And so, you know, that's, that's my incentive to get people to stay in on it, but yeah, perhaps people would be more proactive if, um, if they knew that the clock was ticking sort of thing on it.
0: There's another way you can kind of look at that, which is what I've learned from ship 30 for 30 that I'm going to be using. Cause I have a similar problem with my memberships and that there, I have many people who actually don't take me up on, the things that I'm providing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I say part of your yellow membership is you can send me your match video and we will arrange a time and we will debrief the entire match and I'll watch it with you and we'll do that. And I open that up to other yellow members so that they can learn from the whole process, blah, blah, blah. And not a lot of people take me up on that. I'm like, you guys are paying for this and it's really valuable. This is the thing that really should be getting your, your, your blood pumping. And so what I'm looking at doing is gamifying participation in the membership because it really is to my advantage. If people, for example, I, I have one Yale member, he's now done two debriefs with me. And when we were sitting down for the second one just last week, he said, Keely, I can't even tell you how much improvement I saw in my own umpiring after our first session together. And that's why I'm so excited to do another one with you you want that success. You want your people to get the results that you know you can help them achieve because A, you feel amazing. B, they are your evangelists. They are the people who are going to promote your your, your service uh, from here on out. So I want to gamify that to give people more rewards. And one of the ideas that I'm kicking around and very slowly wrapping my head around with this notion of, moving the FH umpires as an operation into more of a DAO is that you as a member receive tokens that are part of your membership or are investments in the whole operation. The more you do, the more you get. It's like umpire to earn (laughs) and learn to earn. And if they're giving to the community, they earn tokens. If they do their exercises, they earn tokens and things like that. And that goes to increase their shareholding as an equivalent in the whole operation. And they become owners, invested owners in the success of the whole thing. Anyway, it's a really big, fat, hairy idea that we're probably gonna have to have a totally different show on.
4: That gets me thinking about um, what I would offer. And the, I think that the, we've talked about this before Is you all are teaching in your streams. So I'm trying to figure out what I would offer in a membership situation. Um, some of it could be like the carve along that we did this weekend when we did Jack-O-Lanterns. Uh, it kind of feels like buy a friend. Is that what it is?
0: No, I don't. I think there's a lot of value for people who want to get together and hang out and do an activity together. There's nothing wrong. There's tons of communities that are built around that. And I know you don't think you're a teacher, but you're a teacher. It's just you're not doing it as directly. I mean, I'm doing with a hammer and like taking my umpires by the scruff of their neck sometimes and giving them a shake. You are teaching them with just the way you include, the way you speak, the way you promote a way of looking at cooking at, 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 providing for yourself, all those things. It's just a, a less direct way of doing it. So don't devalue what you're doing in those things. I would say.
4: I know when not to argue.
0: (laughs) Well, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I think there's, there's something to think about there and to, to, I, I think embrace, embrace what you're providing for sure. I think it's going to be
4: very interesting to see where we we end up with this in a few months. And that seems to be a theme at the end of all of our conversations is, you know, we where is this going to go?
0: We really are building in public, aren't we? Which I think is yeah, the fancy yeah. way of saying we don't beta anything. We just go and do it. And <laughs> I I love the fact that we're willing to share this out and say, this is what I'm planning. Knowing full well in six months time, we're going to listen to this podcast back and go, oh my God, what was I even? <laughs> oh my goodness. That was ridiculous. And, and that's cool. And that's good because that's what I think creators need to hear is that we're all making these mistakes and we're changing path and we're pivoting and and adapting and learning and that's all really really great
3: thanks for hopping into our creators pod if you enjoyed it we'd love if you tell a friend about it and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts the creators pod is produced by c22 media dina taylor keely dunn michelle lawrence rich graham and me alec johnson